Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. your host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Fiorella Misenti. She is a financial and wellness coach and certified hypnotherapist on a mission to redefine wealth. Fiorella, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for the introduction. Yeah. So what has been your journey and how did you become a coach? <sighs> yeah. When, you, <laughs> when I hear that question, really it takes me back to a moment in my life where I hit rock bottom. I went through this event where my sister passed away. Then a year later, I had this um, terrible breakup. And so I found myself in a situation where I did not understand who I was anymore. I figured when I was in this relationship, I kind of put myself in a position of already planning out how my life was going to go, right? I was going to marry this guy. I was going to have a family. I was already thinking ahead of our family. So when this breakup happened, it was almost what, what just happened, everything that I dream of or, or thought that I wanted, it was almost gone. And at the same time, I felt when my sister passed away a month later, I started this relationship. So I never was able to fully heal or I wasn't able to fully process that she was gone. And so I almost went into this relationship and forgot about that moment or, or what I was living through it. And so I, I will never forget this moment where I was sitting in a couch. I was alone in my apartment and I felt this deep sadness. My heart was aching. I started crying. And it was the moment where I asked myself, why am I here? What's the point? <laughs> and in that moment, I will never forget, I felt such an immense love around me. I could not explain where it was coming from. But one thing that hit me at that moment, that it was coming within me. And it was almost an aha moment because I always struggle with not believing I was good enough. And that was one of the main reasons why my relationship became so toxic, not only because I let this person hurt me emotionally, but also made me see things in me that I was not aware of the traumas, things that I couldn't see, but he almost was that person that had to come to my life to show me those areas in my life that I had to heal. And so when he left, it's almost that son is, you have to leave 
in order for me to love myself. And so that moment was of a moment of making a big decision that it completely changed my life. So at that moment, I said, I'm not going to rely on on somebody else to define my happiness. I knew that I had to work on myself to almost meet myself, love myself, nurture myself, get to know who I was. Because the question of who, who I was, it's almost I lost myself in the process of loving someone who didn't love me or respect me. But I almost found he was the source of my happiness. So when he was gone, it's all, oh, what next? And I think a lot of times we go through that moment of <clears throat> trying to satisfy the emptiness that we have with something else. And it could be alcohol, it could be partner, it could be whatever addiction or that there is now. So for me, at that moment, I made a decision enough of trying to date, trying to go through the hustle of trying to find something to fulfill that emptiness. And I know that that love that I just felt and I experienced, it comes within me. Let me dig into it. What, what is out there? What is my purpose? So it was almost trying to ask those questions. And I, I knew that those answers at some point were going to show up, but it was when I started my own inner journey, when everything just crumbled up and I had no way, nowhere to really go anymore. I was, I had this great job, a great career that worked so hard. I was corporate America and I worked 60, 70 plus hours, but At the end of the day, I was not happy with my life. So all those ideas that society put on us that we have to live our life, a checklist, we have to cover, go to school, get a house or get married, get a house, have children. It's almost, we have to live a very linear life when life is not linear at all. And so going back to this moment and then how I decided to I'm going to focus on myself, on my growth. And that's how my journey has started, my own journey, because before even coaching or anything, like I didn't even know about me even coaching. Everything started with me and my own inner journey. So I remember I was living alone at that time. And I remember I go out, I really went into my cave where I read books. I immersed into personal growth heavily trying to understand what I didn't know about. Before I remember I didn't read books, right? That year, I remember I read 40 plus books. I listened to, I don't know how many podcasts and videos. I was just feeding my soul, my mind, everything with good information. And even when I was going through it, I realized, I'm, wow. I remember it was Jay Shetty uh, video that I was listening to. And I was like, wait a minute, somebody gets me. <laughs> I, w- I felt at home almost. And I felt I was living all this life in, I don't know where. I, I was almost going through the process of awakening, of realizing that there's more to beyond our senses. There's more, there's something that wanted to wake up within me. 
that I was not understanding. And then when I hear um, him talking, it made total sense. And then, so that's how my journey that I had my own life go to the time. And he helped me navigate through that process. And I went also to a retreat where I was introduced to different modalities, the breath work. And, and he just, it, it, that's how I was able to kind of dig deep into understanding what my gifts were almost in a reflection so it was a lot of that for a good year and a half it came to the point where I start sharing with other people what I went through on my own journey and I saw a lot of people who were asking me questions and I was able to help them and they were grateful for that so I literally just went and shared that with my own coach. And he was, I think you would be a great person to help others, right? Have you explore into that? Let's explore it together. So he got me on that too. He was that person who walked me through the whole thing. And I started getting at that time clients that of course I didn't get paid for it. I was just wanted to test it out. I was still working in my corporate job and I wanted to kind of find out how it feels. And that's kind of what everything has started for me uh, when I, with, uh, in relation to coaching. So in walking through your journey, what are you grateful for? I'm so grateful that I had to go through my sister's journey. And I gonna just briefly share a little bit about that so it makes more sense when she was five years old she got sick she got encephalitis she went into a coma they told my parents she was going to pass away and but she didn't right she survived but she ended up in a vegetative state so she could not talk she could not walk I was three years old she was only five and so I remember the first impression, you know, of her is she laying down and that's it. I, even though she was my sister, I never had the communication. And I always, my entire life, I ask, why me? Why I had to go through that? And it was so difficult. I, I felt so different. I never felt I would belong. I remember even sometimes going to the bathroom and just seeing everybody living their lives, quote unquote, normal. They have brothers and they have sisters and they, and not many people knew that I had to go home and I had to almost blame unconsciously. I think growing up, even I blame myself. Oh, she's that. Why do I deserve to dance? Or why do I deserve to be happy? She is that. And so I grew up my entire life just feeling so much guilt about it. And on top of it, growing up, my father was very aggressive towards my mom. So I grew up a very, very, in a lot of fear in my, my environment was always almost a walking on eggshells. It was really bad. So going back to your question, what I'm grateful for when she passed away, the answer kind of came to me and the answer that I asked for 15 plus years when she passed away because I was she's not here 
but I'm here. And I realized that what she went through, and because I was so close to her, she gifted me with this love and this compassion and this humility that I realized, wow, these are gifts that I didn't even knew that were gifts. <laughs> and so when I went through all that, it came to me breath of fresh air is, wow, I do have that. When I hear people, oh, I have to develop my compassion. It's like, I don't even have to develop anything. That's just a nature to me. So I was very grateful and, and may seem, oh, she passed away. Were you grateful for that? But she taught me such a big lesson and she went through all that. And I actually was the one at, at the, towards the end because she lived 10 years with, with a machine. And I was at the end, the one deciding that she had, it was enough for her, enough for her to suffer. And I have to make that decision. My mother didn't do it. My dad didn't do it. I had to make that decision. And so it was very hard on me making a, a decision on life or death from someone that is just something I also was able to work through my journey. And so I'm grateful for the life that I had. I'm grateful that I was different. I'm grateful that I was the sister of an angel and I had to live with an angel, you know, that never talked to me or anything, but I felt her love. It's just a very unique experience that I never came across personally to someone who has been through it when you are living through it and you get to experience it. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for my story. My story is my fuel. I went through what I went through and it was hard, but that made me who I am. So I'm grateful that everything had to happen the way it did. I would not change anything because that without that, it wouldn't be me now. I can so identify with some of your story because I have a niece and a nephew that uh, were born similar. They couldn't talk, walk, you know, had feeding tubes, all of that sort of thing. And they passed away. I believe today is actually the anniversary of my niece's um, death. She died in 2008. And then my nephew died six months later. You're right. For 13 years, she's 13 years old. So we definitely had her in our lives and uh, fighting for her life. So yeah, I think that unless you have been impacted and everyone's impacted differently, I think, mm -hmm. I think what you explained too, probably what my nephews experienced because they had to grow up with a brother and sister that were disabled and they weren't. So yeah. It really changes you. Yeah. It really, without even knowing uh, unconsciously creates such a big impact and, and leave you with that is almost them saying so what are you gonna do now I mean you're still here I'm gone now is your time and it almost felt this sense of responsibility to now share with others and I always say share her life she has her life and I always say I want to give to the world the light that she transfer to me and left within my heart. And I want to give that to more people. Yeah. And because people don't realize what love is truly a connection. 
Mm. And it doesn't take action to experience that love from somebody. And so, yeah, it's very powerful when you can say, my sister loved me and I loved her. And so many people haven't even gotten that deep when it comes to what real love is all about. They think it's, they, they think it's transaction. Well, she's proof that it's not a transaction. Maybe you cared for her and you gave, did a lot for her, but she was unable. Does that mean that she didn't love? No. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a powerful yeah. message. Yeah. So how do you help individuals that feel unfulfilled? Going back to the reason why I started that and me trying to help others in a more genuinely deep way. When I meet with individuals, uh, regardless of why they're coming to me, some people have issues with confidence, they have anxiety, they have relationship issues, they have depression. And so when we go, whatever issue they have, I really set up time to kind of understand them, where they're coming from, because this therapy that I have, which is hypnotherapy but is in connection with rapid transformational therapy and rapid transformational therapy was developed by marisa peer marisa peer is a global she's a leader in her in therapy she's the number one therapist in uk and so after her 30 years of experience she came with this modality where is a non-conventional therapy. What it means is that she did not believe on come here and let's talk about things because we could spend five, 10, 20 years talking and we're not gonna go anywhere. So what she came as part of this RTT, Rapid Transformational Therapy, is really we meet, it should be around two, max three sessions, again, depending on each, everybody's situations. But realistically, the first meeting with a person is I discuss, I want them to tell me everything they're going, let's say around confidence issues. I want them to tell me the triggers of that. I want them to tell me how that impacts their life. And I want them to tell me if that problem wouldn't be in their lives, how life would look for them. If I would have a magic wand, what would you want? So based on all the inquiry and understanding what is that they want, then now we need to find, so that's the inquiry and the actual session through hypnotherapy, we go through the root cause of that issue. And why hypnotherapy and not regular therapy? Because as we all know, 95%, all the behaviors that we have, all the emotions, everything comes from the 95% of the unconscious mind. That's where everything is a source since the day we were born, actually since we were in our mom's belly, we absorb all that is a hard drive and everything goes into these 95% unconsciousness. So what happens is a lot of times the reason why they suffer of confidence of the reason why they uh, suffer of all these issues comes again from the root cause that was developed when they were a child. 
So it's almost going back and I guide them through that process. And it's about two, three hours when we go deep into understanding why is the root cause and they are able to find out for themselves. I'm just being a guidance, but they find out why. And again, understanding is power. So when they understand the root cause, they're wow, now I get it. <laughs> why I suffer this, why I don't believe I'm, I'm enough. And at the end, I would say 90, 95% of the time is about because they don't feel good enough. And then that's a big movement. And that's one of the reasons Marisa appears so successful and how I got to go through her, get the certificate through her because is, is the reality is that our parents were not, they did the best they could, but they were not in a higher level consciousness. They did not know a lot of things and they tried their, they tried their best with our children. But again, when, from zero to seven, as we know, we don't fully develop the prefrontal cortex, which means that children from zero to seven, we get to connect with people emotionally. So we're highly emotional. And so everything that is said to us, everything, we start forming beliefs based on the emotional whatever we went through before we base these, we create these beliefs based on what we experience with our parents. The one example is that perhaps in, in my case, I could give my own example. So my mom dedicated her life to my sister because I, it's understandable. She's disabled. And so I almost felt I did not want to bother her. So even as a child, I became very independent. And so I was, I'm going to try to be good. I don't want to be issues. I was scared also my dad because he was always very aggressive, always yell, always would drink every weekend. It was just really chaotic. And so I always felt I was on my own. And so again, because I could logically think now, <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's what happened. But as a child, I could not think. So I would say, yeah, my parents don't have time for me. So that means they don't love me because we made those beliefs. So because of they did not have enough, much time for me. So I was, if my caregivers did not love me, who can love me? And that's the reason why I have so many relationship issues. Every boyfriend, like if they would tell me they would love me, I unconsciously, I would not believe it. And so I will just sabotage everything. And I never had a very healthy relationships because again, is the root cause of not being enough. But again, that understanding came through the years, came through me going through my own inner journey and understanding that. First, I did not love myself. I did things that I was not happy about. And then I have to go through forgiveness as well. So again, complimenting, I have these gifts that my sister transferred to me, my own experience. 
and what I've been studying and learning because I love about I love humans and how they work and I'm so what I could bring to the table and something they my clients always tells tell me is that you give me that sense of security that sense of love that you create this environment that I could just feel comfortable sharing um, this with you so and then so I, we go through those sessions and some of them perhaps want to continue that accountability, the check-in. And then so we ha- I do offer the coaching one-on-one, depending on what they're looking for. Maybe they need deep guidance. They, need, they don't know where they are. Okay, I found out why I have, I have this issue, but now they need more support on how they carry over, how they get to go through the next step in their inner growth. How can we identify limiting beliefs and overcome our fears? What I would say to anyone, the first thing you want to do is start with self-awareness. And there is an amazing book, Basic, is Self-Awareness for Anthony Mello, I believe it is. And it talks about how we, because again, we have been programmed since we were children. I developed this side of our brain that is very logical, very doing, and all of that is so easy to not be aware of our choices. And we are in a constant reactive we're in constant reaction. So if something happens, we react to it. And again, those comes from those beliefs. So it's so important. And I always associate self-awareness with asking great questions. And almost getting into this habit of questioning everything, question everything. (laughs) Because a lot of times, our beliefs were not created by us. We're created by our parents. We're created by society. We're created by all these people. And so if we don't ask the questions, we'll never know. So one quick exercise, it would be to list all your beliefs. List them all and ask yourself, where did that belief came from? And that's it, just a piece of paper, all your beliefs, and then just asking those questions. I always say the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your questions. And so starting with self-awareness is first, first point. Without self-awareness, without even being willing to do that, there's not going to be identification of anything because we're not going to be able to identify them. So it's just really saying, okay, how is this belief serving me? One of great questions. I recently went through something that I, I was questioning. Oh, why does this keep happening to me? And I always say the universe will send you certain challenges. So you're able to learn from them. And until you don't learn them, they will keep sending them to you. (laughs) And so it's just so amazing because it's almost asking this question, okay, 
this challenge, this happened. What is this teaching me? What is this trying to tell me? And then just sitting on that is just so powerful because you start getting answers. Oh, wow. And again, we start with self-awareness. And at the beginning, it may be a little bit harsh because you're acting from another, almost thinking of a third person, just looking over and being aware of your reactions and everything. So that's how I started personally. I remember going to the grocery shop and I was okay, I'm going to try it out. And so I remember this, I wanted to order a thing in that I was at the deli and they were taking forever. And then, so I was just observing myself, almost getting very, because that's one of the things I'm, I'm still working on patience. And so I remember these, that I was began observing and I was observing my thoughts. That's another thing, observing your thoughts. And I was, oh my God, I'm just going to leave. I'm going to go somewhere else because they're taking forever. And I was just listening, listening, being aware of those thoughts. And that's just a quick practice. It's nothing big, but it starts with something. One, one practice every day until just becomes more familiar to you. And it comes almost is 21 days for a habit to settle in your brain. And that's something that I also, with hypnotherapy, I actually do a 21 day recording with my clients. So they have to listen it 21 days. So the new, as we understand the root cause of their issue, we need to remove that and plant new seeds, new beliefs. And then that's another part of what I love about this methodology, because we're implementing new seeds and they're going to take time to grow. And we need those minimum 21 days for them to continue putting that in their unconscious mind. So yeah, self-awareness is number one. So along those lines, how do you remove the old seeds of the past and add the new ones? With this type of therapy that I have, through hypnotherapy, there is a process that we go through. So you are, and sometimes we have this misconception, oh, hypno, hypnosis is bad. No, really, it's just the relaxation of the nervous system. That's it. You're going to a deeper level beyond a meditation. You're going through the alpha side of it. So you are more, we're accessing to that subconscious mind. And then that's where, because when you were a child, those beliefs were developed. Then we need to, through hypnotherapy, through the session, we actually get to remove those old beliefs. Again, there's a process through it. And we then I go ahead and implement the new ones. I create what we call the transformational audio. And this transformation audio is how we start putting the new seats. And this is the transformational audio that then you have to listen. And I prepare based on what I learned from you, based on what was discovered through childhood. Because again, we go through these scenes where you go through different childhood to understand the root cause and then so then at the end we do kind of removing all beliefs and then we go a transformational audio of about 20 minutes and that's when you need to go on 21 days and and it, it works amazing i know for me when i was working through this certificate i had to also be the client so it was very interesting how it worked out because I discovered so many things about me 
Uh, one of them, it was memory issues. And I was, why is that? I have memory issues and I have this. And then I went back and I realized it had to do a lot with my relationship with my dad. And I'm, oh, how did that came from? And then, so I had to listen to this recording, especially because I was about to take a test. And I listened to that recording and I remember, I just knew I'm going to remember this. I got this. <laughs> yeah. Because we are putting those seeds uh, in your unconsciousness, which the unconsciousness, again, is the 95% of what everything we do, every behavior and every emotion comes from that unconsciousness. So you do retreats and how do those help with self-discovery? Yes, great question. So I have two different types of retreats. The first one is really where we go through a five-stage process through self-discovery. We go through the first part, and I would usually to meet with that person before even the retreat to kind of understand where they are. Maybe we even do this, the RTT session as a compliment so we can understand what areas we need to work on. And... So for me, the retreats, because the first one, I'll tell you this five, because that's my methodology itself. So the first one is to recognize, I call it the five R's. So the first one is recognize. So what I'm recognizing, what am I struggling with? What's going on in my life? Why am I even doing this? You need to somehow, again, be self-aware of what areas you need to work on. The second one is around reconnect. So once we recognize, okay, let me go deep and reconnect with myself. I have to first kind of like interview the person and see where they at because we they're not all at the same level. So I love, okay, let's reconnect. And then through that reconnection, we're going to understand, okay, what we need to let go of, what is blocking what has led for that huge disconnection? What is blocking us? Where is our emotion, our heart, our, our um, mind, heart connection? What is it? So it's almost, I call it a peeling of an onion to, to kind of dig deep into connecting with yourself, with that true essence that has no doesn't know about these beliefs or, or what you went through. It's just really your soul. What identifying the reason why you came here. So it's almost as asking, who am I? Let me understand. Let me reconnect with myself. Hmm. What gives, what talent? So you're kind of going through that. And then the, the next one is rediscover. So after you reconnect and understand all of that, then you are more aware, oh, I didn't know I had these gifts. I didn't know I could dance. I didn't know that I could become a leader. I didn't know that I could. So you start seeing so many things. I almost say we come to this world with luggages of gifts and talents, but we don't know until we get to connect with a pure essence of who we are, but we don't we, we wouldn't know if we still first, again, we need to identify who am I asking that question, kind of sitting on that question. The third one, again, is rediscovering all those gifts and 
all of that. So that's the third part of it. And then the fourth part I love is the redesign. So I would say usually the part of the retreat can help with the second and third part of the journey, which is more reconnect, rediscover. And so once you are aware of all that, you now in the redesign stage of it, you say, well, in order to strength my gifts, in order to strengthen, you know, those talents or put them on to the world, I need to start implementing new habits. I need to start implementing new practices. It could be in the sense of I need maybe to do more meditation. I need to do yoga. I need to do, again, I always say everyone is so different and everybody should try as much as they can so they understand what works best for them. There's no answer for everyone because everyone is different. And that's the beauty. We'll be born in all the same. So I know for me, I know, especially when I get to go through that stage, I'm what in the mornings, I know I need to start do my meditation. I'm a yoga kundalini. I would say I'm not a a big yoga in the regular one we know, but I am more into yoga kundalini, which is heavily based on breath work. So that's something I love, the breath work part of it, but maybe other people don't, but that's what works for me. And so that, that part of the redesign is just so important because that's now that you went through those three phases, you know what I need to practice more of this feminine energy or my male energy, maybe to dance. And so you start building kind of your own way of living, even including your, your wellness, your, what you're going to be nutrition, how you're going to serve your body and nourish your body. Always that your body is your temple, how we're going to nurture it. So that is heavily involved on the almost, I would say, putting the work. So it's not enough, okay, identify all these connected and rediscover, okay, what I'm going to do next? Because we're, we're human beings, but we also were on earth. And then, so we have to create, we have to take action. And so <laughs> that's where I, I, I also support them. Okay, what works? Let's try this, let's try that. So we go through that. So again, it's never going to be linear and it could go in circles because until this day, and probably until the day I die, I'm going to go through the whole process, recognizing, oh, what, I still need to work on this. You reconnect deeper. And then you go and, 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 and rediscover something new, the new aha moment. And then after that, you say, what, I need to implement this now. And then so you go through this beautiful process and actually goes faster as you start the, at the beginning, it goes very smoothly, but when you get the rhythm, it just start going, going, going faster. And the last one is the rebirth. It's almost, there is this saying that there's no life without death. And so it's almost what I call death, meaning of the death of the old you, the death of that old programming. So you can rebirth into this new being, not even new being, it will be rebirthing into going back into your original 
Like this is where you came from. It's just, it was covered with so many social conditioning and, and you were never knew who you truly were. And so this rebirth is when then you get to come back and be, you get to become that person that you were meant to be in the first place. And so it's a beautiful process. So definitely the retreats that I offer focus on more of that first areas. And then the next ones, you can still do retreats. And I have colleagues, you know, where they do only meditation and yoga retreats. So those are good also for strengthening your practices that you need to work on that fourth stage. So, and yeah. So how is health connected to wealth? So one of the, and I know a lot of people is, oh, your financial wellness coach. And, um, yeah, actually I went to, it's funny because I went to school for finance and accounting and, and I was an auditor for many years before becoming a coach. It's about redefining this belief of wealth equals having so much money and having the mansion and having all this and without forgetting that truly I would say wealth equals health and what I'm saying that for me being wealthy inside out being wealthy is that healthy balance across six dimensions mental health emotional health, spiritual health, social health, which includes relationships, financial health, and physical health. So when we have those in harmony, that for me is true wealth. And unfortunately, a lot of people who are very wealthy are very miserable. The relationships are not the best. They are burned out. They don't know how to connect anymore. And they, everything, the only thing is the financial, I don't even know if it's health because sometimes we think of finance as numbers, but financial wellness is also linking your financial health or wellness with your mental health or your life vision your dreams is how this having all this money is contributing to the world so it's almost financial wellness because it's not just about the numbers but utilizing that neutral energy the money is a neutral energy to do more good in the world and so that for me is that connection of True wealth for me is just having all those six dimensions in, in pure harmony. I love that. So do, can you share some of your client success stories with us? Yes, yes. So I would, there was this girl who she came to me, she share with me and because of confidentiality I can't really go deeply but just in general I would say issues with her body so it's sometimes if, if, if she would walk 
and she would see a mirror. She would be un uncomfortable with her figure. And so creating, having this love of self-confidence. So the main issue was around self-confidence. And so when we went through the whole process, she realized that it was her mom was very deeply concerned about her appearance. And since she was little, and so I think for her understanding that was the issue, was the reason of everything. It changed her perception. Wow, I did not knew, I, I don't even remember that. But we went to that scene when she was, wow. And sometimes because we don't get to heal, and that's the beautiful thing about this, is that we don't get to, until we understand then almost the healing begins and understanding, letting know that child that is not a child anymore. <laughs> because in our subconscious mind, we still have to heal, you know, these, these children. I always interact with my inner child and that connection. And so I always have to tell my inner child, it's okay. I know you went through that and I know you, you know, you felt that way, but it's not you anymore. So we create that connection where she gets to understand, no, I'm a grown woman. I'm an independent woman. I'm a strong woman. I, I'm successful. I'm not that, inner. that doesn't determine that idea that I'm not good enough because I'm not a model size or whatever. And so understanding that she's just beautiful as she is was a big, big success with her. And I think that's, again, what I've been finding out more and more, especially with men. And that's something that I, I am very, very proud of, of the men that I had to work with because it takes a lot of courage to stand up and to say, hey, I need help. Unfortunately, many men are still in that idea that they need to be the strong, they they're not supposed to feel. And again, those are the ones that need more help because they're driven by their ego and, and it's just been wonderful seeing the transformation on, wow, you first thought that you again, becoming vulnerable. I think seeing that is just so satisfying when they become vulnerable and open to whatever they need to do to heal. And honestly, I, I really love working with men because, because again, they're very do, do, do. And sometimes when I give something to do they're so quick I'm like, okay I'm gonna do the work <laughs> so I, I I like that the doing because it's so strong in them but yeah I think I, I I love that hearing those stories when they tell me if you I would have never known that I'm acting this way I'm jealous or I'm aggressive because of what my my dad or my mom or, or whoever did this to me when I was a child and I was just reactive. I was just 
acting from that 95% that was not yet healed because we can know. Now I talk to you, but we're at that 5%. Only 5% of us is just the emotional, the logical, just resides in that 5%. What about the 95? Yeah, definitely. So if you were able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out, what would it be? What comes to my mind, what comes to my mind now is don't care about what other people think about you. Do not care about what other people think about you. Do not try to dim your light so others can feel comfortable. It's just standing up for yourself. I will tell myself that at the beginning, I was a big, big people pleaser, big. And one thing that I understood is when you go after your dream, some people are not going to kill and it's okay. There is one phrase that I just so much love that I want to share. Yeah. The advice on this is around when you are truly being who you are, there's going to be people who are not going to be happy with that or not, or going to try to tell you, what are you doing? Or try to think that you may fail and try to, it's almost those voices that we need to be so aware of and aware that there are going to be people who are going to try to put you down, are going to try to just make you quit, but just have to trust yourself. Believe that this is just part of your journey. Believe that you're just closer than you think to one decision, a way to change your life completely. One decision, a way to change your life completely. Yeah. And then just don't lose yourself in the fear. Don't lose yourself in self-doubt. Just be you and shine your light. Fiorella, if there is somebody that's listening that would love to work with you, what's the best way to contact you? Yeah. So they can contact me through Instagram. So at Fiorella Misenti and also on my website, FiorellaMisenti.com. I'm very fortunate. My name is Uncommon. So I was very, I was able to do it with my first and last name. So FiorellaMisenti.com. My Instagram is FiorellaMisenti. My email is Fiore, which is F-I-O-R-E at FiorellaMisenti.com. Perfect. I'll put all those links down below. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your expertise. No, thank you so much, Amy, for the opportunity to be part of your program. You are such a, an amazing human being. You, every time I see you, your biggest smile on your face. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for considering me and inviting me and giving me this opportunity to, to talk to your audience. Yeah, it's been wonderful. So if you're listening, you want more information about this podcast and upcoming shows, you can visit a call to thrive.com. Thank you everyone and have a wonderful week.